Welcome to the We Know Show. I'm your host, Renat Stralofer, creator of We Are Not Sam. Take a deep dive with me as I chat with global visionaries in conversations that uncover inconvenient truths, but also shine a light on how to be healthy, safe and human in a technology-obsessed world. Let's get started. Welcome to the We Know Show. I'm your host, Renat Stralofer, and my very special guest for you today is David Icke. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. (laughs) We're jumping straight into it because we want to give our audience as much of you as we possibly could and less of me. But um, just to start off, I want to say that this revolutionary new paradigm shift that's in motion within our consciousness, I can feel it. I'm sure you can too. And I'm so ready to lean in and remind our audiences why we need to be brave enough to go all the way to the edges and let go of our dependency on the matrix system. You ready? Go for it. Yeah. So now you once said that the downfall of humanity is when we give our agency in almost every area of our lives instead of trusting the creator and ourselves and realizing that we have the responsibility for our health, for putting our faith, you know, in these white coats and getting kids you know, through school with strangers, all of these things, getting our news and information from corrupt entities like Google or mainstream media, all of these things are part of a nefarious agenda that's giving up our own critical thinking of what is going on. And not only does it take you out of a spiritual connection, it also makes it very easy to take advantage of somebody. And I find myself questioning what it is to be a human living on this planet right now. And this, I feel, is what it all comes down to. This fundamental question holds, for me at least, the key to faith and curiosity. And it's not just me as an individual, but also as a collective to look within and to ask, who am I or who are we and what do we want to become? So no doubt those that are listening are thinking that you have thick skin. Your your truth has undeniably rocked the establishment, you know, medical, banking, government, tech, the, the works. And it takes a certain spiritual practice to go against the grain and speak the whole truth, not a sprinkle of truth, but I mean like the whole truth. And, you know, to challenge all the all the establishments and, and you've done that. So what is your spiritual practice and what is your understanding of why you're here doing this work well i don't have a spiritual practice really um what i have is a an ultimate self-identity uh which is not david ike born in leicester in 1952 but um a expression of an infinite state of awareness the all that is has been and ever can be as i as i call it um, and the other thing is, I'm a stubborn bastard, right? So you put those um, two uh, things together, and uh, you have a attitude that will not bow to um, authority uh, just because it's authority. You will not um, edit or censor uh, what you say and what you believe because you have a concern about what other people will think of you. Um, You listen to other people, and if they uh, have uh, valid things to say, uh, then fine, that's good. 
but you don't um, worry about what they think just because they might think it. And, you know, if you uh, ask people to list the top five fears that they have, one of them is likely to be, uh, in so many cases, speaking in public. So what is that a reflection of? It's a reflection of the prison that most people live in, which is the fear of what other people think. You don't fear standing in a room and speaking to nobody. That's not frightening to you. You fear speaking to other people because you fear their reaction. And they, you fear what they think of you. Uh, and I um, put that aside a long time ago because my philosophy is people have a right to think of me whatever they choose to think. That's their right. That's their freedom. But I have the right to um, think of me whatever I think and express my uniqueness rather than handing over my uniqueness to the group, which is what fear of what other people think does. Once you are editing and censoring yourself um, and fearing being you uh, because of what others may think, what you're doing is living your life within the parameters of what you think is acceptable to other people, not least in terms of your opinion of what's going on in the world and reality itself. And so um, if people want to be free, truly free, the first thing they need to let go is the fear of what other people think. I don't care if it's family members. I don't care who it is. Um, say what you think. And this is the other point. If those around you do not have the respect for you to respect your right to have your opinion, even though it may differ from theirs, then what are you doing with those people? Um, and the other part of uh respect is self-respect this is something that humanity uh, concedes far too easily i mean how many people who didn't want to wear a, a face diaper a face nappy in the covid lockdowns um did so uh, because uh, of fear of not doing so and to concede that, I know this is nonsense. I've read, I've read some of the studies. I know it doesn't stop anything that they're saying it stops. But um, I'm uh, frightened of not doing it, and thus I am going to concede my self-respect. I am going to accept that two and two equals five instead of I know it equals four because I fear what other people think. And this is the other thing, you know, this whole woke agenda um, where uh, you are, what is the woke agenda? It's George Orwell's Newspeak. That's what it is. That's what political correctness is. And if people haven't read his book, 1984, uh, first of all, they should, because they'll be staggered at current events in relation to it. But he's uh, talking about how the the population was psychologically controlled and one of the things was the changing of the language from what he called old speak which had words that through which you could express yourself in detail and it was replaced by new speak which was a bland language in which you basically could say nothing 
And he made another great point, because this is all psychological in the end. This whole conspiracy is psychological in its foundation. Uh, controlling perception is the whole foundation of it. He said that because we think in words also, um, that once the language is eroded to the point where you can't say anything worth saying or anything in detail, you stop being able to think in detail. You stop being able to think outside of the parameters of the official narrative. And this is what's going on. And so, again, through self-respect, um, some of us refuse to bow to the woke agenda and political correctness. We won't do it. But again, you come back to this fear of what other people think, fear of the consequences of not doing what other people think. Therefore, you concede um, to this language uh, obliteration, which is actually a psychological obliteration. So it all comes back in the end to, do I have the self-respect to be me and not what someone else tells me I should be? And uh, can I let go of this fear of not being like everyone else. Um, the one thing we know, just finally on this point, the one thing we know um, about history and from history is that the majority are virtually always wrong. And it's always the minority that change perception by refusing to go along with the majority. And we're in that situation now. Fortunately, um, as a result of... of uh, the COVID years, which have got a lot of people even more asleep, there has been a very clear um, awakening from uh, increasingly vast numbers of other people to realize that actually um, what we thought was the truth uh, was always a pack of lies. It's interesting what you say because when I look at the state of the world and I and here where we are in the Byron Shire, there are definitely two pathways that are building, at least here where I live, you know, the strict authority, digital ID, social credit scores and get on the conveyor belt towards transhumanism pathway. And there's also that alternative pathway that's building with, you know, so much alternative education and new alternative health practices, luminous, like so many alternative pathways that are building right now. And, and, you know, I, I, I do have to say, like, I think a lot of people did sit in isolation and I and and for those that did and are now reflecting back and connecting certain dots, I mean, this must be a really uncomfortable time for so many people that felt hoodwinked by the last few years. And when for me, you know, it's evolving our internal processes. These last few years created an orientation, a restlessness, at least in me and many people around me, knowing that there are steps that need to be taken, that there are questions that need to be answered from ourselves, but that the fate of all this has put millions across the world into their readiness to to speak their truth, you know. And, yes, it's not always comfortable, and I know you've been through that and I've been through that, but it shows us how much we want to create a better world and why we're here, like coming back to what I said before and, and participating in change. And I think that's the the magic of the last few years, but it's going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of people because they've gone through the rewards and punishment model, not just now in the last few years, but, you know, through school and through work and through parenting and all of these conditionings of helplessness, 
you know so through manipulation of rewards and punishment shame and approval you know you've you've had to follow certain curriculums and and don't step out of line and and all of these things to to kind of come back to now taking up your own sovereignty when you've been answering to authority for you know most people have been answering to authority for so much of their lives and that's a means of domestication. I mean, what we've seen by keeping people at home is a means of domestication with rewards and punishment. And we have wild impulses, just like animals and children, you know, to to want to, you know, that desire to please. And it's at the deepest level of, you know, rejection and abandonment, acceptance and approval. Punishment is just as powerful as a reward. And I wonder from your perspective of all these people that are reflecting now in the last few years and all these pathways that are now forming, what what's in store in your in your opinion, I guess, because you don't know, you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you feel is in store for us in the next few years, given what we've gone through now? Oh, well, the, the those that are waking up, uh, the attempt will be to crush them by those that were fast asleep. Um, Twas always so. Uh, you go back through human history, there's nothing new in terms of the dynamic. What's new is the extreme of it uh, and how extreme it's become. And as it's become more extreme, it's become more obvious. You know, when uh, the COVID hoax was played, uh, I said, um, these people have now entered the room and they've heard the door click behind them because now they've put themselves on public display. Before, they were operating under the radar and uh, connecting the dots if you didn't do deep, long full-time research as I did over decades um, would be much more difficult to see but the dots are, are now they're certainly on that level are much easier to see and you know it, it's a, a a question that those awakening are going to have to ask and that is how awake do I want to be how badly awake do I want to be because the pressure will be um, to to crush you. That's that's the whole idea. The point is, though, that um, someone in their true self-identity, I am consciousness, uh, all that is, has been, and ever can be, having a brief experience called human, uh, is far more powerful than the um, those that are fast asleep and continuing to self-identify with the labels of a human life. And you know, this is a, a, a really kind of crucial area in terms of the question. It's going to be very much more difficult to come through this and bring this nonsense to an end if people go on self-identifying the I with the body and the, the impulses of the five senses. Um, and that's uh, massively part of the conspiracy. If you identify with being a human man, human woman, something in between uh, your sexuality, your income bracket, uh, your race. If you self-identify with that as if uh, that's who I am, then you are immediately, and that's the idea, self-identifying with limitation, with I can't, with it's not possible. Because on that level, it doesn't seem as if anything is. I'm just little me. I've got no power. But when you realize that you are consciousness, ultimately capable of being infinite in nature, uh, having a brief human experience, then the whole thing takes on a, a different perspective. For, for instance, what people say about you 
if you identify with the body personality being you can affect people deeply. They can be hurt. They can be offended. They can um, be cowered through intimidation. But when you self-identify with being that which is having the experience, that eternal level of awareness, then what people say about you, do about you, think about you, um, just takes on a completely different meaning uh, because it doesn't matter to you anymore because you know that it's just a brief experience. You know that those people who are abusing you and ridiculing you are doing so because of their, um, the, the, the fact that they're encased in ignorance through the five senses alone. Um, and that's why they're doing it. And at some time they're going to wake up, possibly not in this life, possibly in this life, depends on them. Um, and, um, and then they'll realize um, what nonsense they were, they were talking and they were doing. And I know this to be a fact because of the dramatic transformation among many people, not everybody by any means, um, in terms of their uh, attitude to me. You know, there was a time when I couldn't walk down any street without being ridiculed and, and laughed at and pointed at. Now people stop me to ask me what's going on. So uh, this, is the, this is the point. Uh, people need to realize that whatever attitudes they're facing at this moment it'll be it'll be different tomorrow because if what you're saying has validity it will eventually be shown to be so and then people will remember actually that you're the one who said it long ago and they'll start listening to you because they think well if he was right about this or she was right about this and what else are they right about and this is the process that i've been going through but it's only happening because i um spoke my truth back in the days when, you know, you didn't do that because you were completely bonkers if you uh, talked about um, any of this stuff. And so in the end, it comes down to self-identity. What do I identify um, with? And, you know, from a, a, a really bigger picture point of view, beyond all of it, um, I, I laid out this in uh, my last book, my latest book called The Trap. Um, and, and that is that, from my perspective, and I've been writing and talking about this now since just after the turn of the millennium, and more and more mainstream scientists are coming to the same basic conclusion, and that is that what we're living in is a simulation, and it's a simulation that's been specifically created to entrap infinite awareness in a delusion of myopic self-identity so um it, you know it's uh, let me put it this way you you're born and while you're in the womb you have a headset on like a virtual reality headset you come out of the womb and your parents have got headsets on you then go to school and your teachers have got headsets on and all your mates in the class have got headsets on you go to university and college the professors have got headsets on you go out into the world of work and everyone around you has got a headset on. You then um, turn on the, the television and someone with a headset on says, hello, good evening, this is the news. Uh, you have government uh, ministers, officials, agencies, they've all got headsets on. 
uh, Silicon Valley uh, censors information on the basis of whether you are um, repeating what the headset is telling you or whether you're not, because if you're not, then you're censored. Um, and so if you look at that as an analogy and you think you've had the headset on in the womb and the headset's uh, st not still taken on at the point you enter the other end, then what, what is the likely outcome of that? It is that whatever the headset is feeding you is your perception of reality. It's perception, the perception of you, your self-identity. It's your perception of everything. Um, and um, what uh, awakening is, using the same analogy, is taking the headset off and seeing what is to be seen that it's not telling you. Uh, and this simulation operates just like a headset. The body is like a headset. It's a program uh, which um, is telling you um, about reality. It's telling you about you, and, and it's dictating your life. And the only way to override the program is to become conscious beyond it. And that means becoming conscious beyond the limits of the simulation, which is the a, a frequency band that's all it is and if you um if you if you do that then consciousness from beyond the program starts to impact upon the program and you start to yes wake up and you see but but this is the point people don't wake up they are awakened they are awakening they are not awake no one is awake in terms of seeing the whole picture, all we can do is to tease open to more and more um, expansion of awareness, insight, knowing, so you become more and more awake. And so um, what I see in what's called the alternative media um, far too much is people awaken to the, uh, the names, dates, places level of what's going on and then they stop and if you stop at that point what you uh, see is a political solution so trump will be your hero or someone else who comes along and tells you they're going to do this and do that but actually when they get the chance don't uh, do any of it um because you're seeing you're still identifying with the body you're still identifying with this reality that i say is a fake reality and you see therefore the answers to what you don't like within the fake reality to be the system of the fake reality and that means you're going round and round in circles and you'll get very angry and you'll get very frustrated but you won't change anything ultimately yes people will see more and more about how the the, the manipulation works within the level of the five senses, but that's all they will see. They won't see an answer. And it's because of this that you get people like in America who see uh, the answer as stockpiling weapons to fight the enemy. It, th th this, is, this is the matrix fighting the matrix, the matrix mentality fighting the matrix mentality. The way out of here is to see it for what it is. It's an illusion. It's an illusion that's here to trap us perceptually. 
which is the only way the few can control the many, is to entrap them perceptually so they behave the way you want them to behave. And what we're seeing now with this gathering AI control coming out of China, which is the blueprint for the world, is more and more control of perception via technology. And when um, the, uh, the crazies of Silicon Valley, not only there as well, I mean, China's right up there in terms of its technological development. Um, they say that um, by 2030, they're going to be connecting the human brain to AI. What they mean is AI is going to become our perception. And, you know, this is far bigger than people realize. Um, if um, you have a whole big, massive bank of computers and they're all connected to one central computer, then the central computer is dictating what all the computers do. It's symbolically what they think, how they act, what they decode and what they don't, what they perceive and what they don't. And that's what this whole AI system is all about. It's connecting the human brain to a central uh, mission control through AI and then dictating human perception en masse. And this is not just me sitting, pulling this out of the ether. This is what the Silicon Valley crazies are telling you they're going to do. If you look at this so-called futurist executive at Google, uh, Ray Kurzweil, he's saying that by 2030, they'll be connecting the human brain to AI. Of course, uh, people like Elon Musk, through his company Neuralink, are working to uh, put things in the brain that connect them to computers. Um, and he's saying, uh, Kurzweil, that when this connection is made, it will um, AI do more and more of human thinking until human thinking is basically negligible. And at that point, it won't be your, quote, human mind. It will be the AI mind. And by um, having a central mission control point, which is dictating perceptions to all the human minds, then you have the ultimate control and behavior system that you could imagine. And this cloud, which Kurzweil talks about, that's being uh, generated from low orbit satellites not least being put up there by Elon Musk and from all these towers going up all over the place. Um, this cloud is designed to be that hive mind. So to do that, they have to connect humans to it. Well, first of all, it's an electromagnetic technologically generated cloud. And secondly, the brain works electrically and electromagnetically. So there's a connection there anyway. But also, these fake jabs, what's in them, among lots of other shite, is nanotechnology. And we've seen in the blow-up uh, footage of uh, the blood of uh, fake vaccinated people that doesn't fit the criteria of a vaccine before this stuff came out, um, that this nanotechnology is self-replicating. It's building systems in the body. And as a result of that, um, it's developing a connection 
between the body, the brain, and the AI cloud so that we become just like a, a, a mass race of computers centrally perceptually controlled um, and uh, that's where this is really going and again what is it coming down to control of perception which means control of behavior so up to this point they've had to control information to control perception because we form perceptions from information received and from perception comes behavior so you control behavior by the information that people receive this is what the hysterical um, censorship uh, going on now is all about, controlling the narrative. Uh, but what we're looking at with this AI situation is the end even of that, because you don't have to control information to control an AI-connected human brain. Its perceptions are coming direct no manipulation needed in terms of information. So that's where it's going. And it's grasping the scale of what's going on. And it's not just about names, dates, places, and Klaus Schwab. So how does a 15-minute city fit into that, David? How does the... 15-minute city, what's happening in Oxfordshire just last week with all the protests that I'm sure you're across. How does it fit into this sort of techno-utopia agenda? Well, very well. Um, It's all part of it. You see, if you are going to impose dystopia, it's very much more difficult to say, hello, ladies and gentlemen, good evening, we're going to impose dystopia. (laughs) Because people will go, you're going to what? So what you do is you create problems or the illusion of them, see COVID and human-caused climate change, Um, and as a result of the problem or the perception of it, you have the excuse to change society in ways that wouldn't be accepted if you just said, we're going to introduce dystopia. So human-caused climate change is the gift that keeps on giving, and it's the lie that keeps on lying. It's scientific uh, insanity, baloney. But if you keep saying the same thing over and over again, then people will believe it. That's the classic Nazi technique of uh, propaganda of people like Joseph Goebbels. Uh, And so If you have a uh, problem with too much carbon dioxide, which means you have a problem with the gas of life, without which we'd all be dead because there'd be no natural world, uh, people don't uh, uh, put um, extra carbon dioxide into uh, greenhouses to make the, the plants grow for a bit of fun. They do it because it makes the bloody plants grow. And if carbon dioxide falls to a, a, a level approaching 150, 180 parts per million in the atmosphere, then the natural world starts to die. Um, So you demonize the gas of life and you ignore data that shows that temperature is not caused by carbon dioxide increases. Uh, Carbon dioxide increases follow temperature increases, the ultimate inversion. Why? Because oceans that are cool absorb carbon dioxide from the atmosphere 
and oceans, when they warm, release it. That's why that connection is there, the opposite of what they tell you. And uh, so we've got a problem. We've got too much carbon dioxide. Oh, what can we do? Well, the great way to control people is by reducing their um, access to energy, both through uh, supply and through price. So how do we do that? We've got all these fossil fuels, haven't we? Ah, but what are fossil fuels? They're carbon dioxide. All righty, we got them. Okay, so we've got to get rid of fossil fuels because of carbon dioxide. And all these things come about as a result of that. Oh, yeah, what about cars? Whoa, cars, fossil fuels. You've got to have diesel cars and, and, and petrol cars and all that stuff. So what are we going to do? Well, we've got to stop people using them. So look across the swathe, not just the 15-minute cities. Look across the swathe of changes that are taking part, uh, place in human society through government. They're all targeting movement, not least through um, petrol diesel vehicles through price, through uh, sanctions and limitations of endless kinds. So what they're saying is to, um, to protect the planet, what we have to do is uh, make sure that everything that you need, actually what we say you need, uh, is within 15 minutes uh, walk or a cycle ride from your home. And you're not allowed to uh, leave your area in a vehicle more than twice a week or something. And by the way, that's just a stepping stone. It will be not at all. Uh, and they uh, are saying that they're going to replace uh, petrol and uh, diesel vehicles with electric. Well, no, they're not. Um, they will for some. They will for the elite that can afford them. But the real reason for the introduction of electric cars is twofold. One, you cannot have autonomous vehicles with diesel petrol engines. You need electrical driven vehicles because they're going to be run by a computer and the computer in an autonomous vehicle is going to decide where you can and cannot go. And it will not take you where the authorities don't want you to go or say you can't go. But again, see 15 minute cities if you like. And uh, the other thing about electric vehicles is first of all, they're creating devastation in parts of Africa from the resources and the, the kids that are being used to, to mine them. Um, and there simply is not enough resources to create these batteries uh, to, to, to replace all the petrol and diesel cars. It's just not, they're not even close. And also, these batteries have quite a short life, and it's already being pointed out in various studies the environmental consequences of what the hell do we do with them all? So it's not going to be possible to replace petrol and vehicle, uh, diesel vehicles with electric uh, in, on the scale they are now, because it's not about that. It's about getting rid of petrol and diesel vehicles. Oh, we've got to get rid of them. Climate change. And then realizing, actually, A, through cost, and B, supply, you can't replace your car with an electric car because it's not enough. So you take people out of personal movement. And it, it, it's all about um, control. And it's kind of funny. I, I just find this funny myself. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe I'm a coincidence theorist. <laughs> but, um, Elon Musk is putting up the low orbit satellites through SpaceX. 
he's driving um, certainly as a front man and promoter the electric car agenda through Tesla. Um, he's um, got this company Neuralink, which is connecting the human brain to uh, to computers. He's producing these micro um, homes, tiny, tiny micro homes through Tesla, which is absolutely the agenda for how people are supposed to live. I've been writing about this for decades. That this was the plan. Um, and uh, and yet he's a free speech absolutist who now runs Twitter. And I, 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 I've asked the alternative media many times and yet to get an answer that that part of the alternative media that buys the, the hype of, of, of uh, Musk, they, they talk about what well, he's released these Twitter files. Yeah. So, so what do these Twitter files say? Mm. They say Twitter had control of information and they were working with the FBI and they were working with the deep state. Yeah. Okay. So why would Twitter, who have that control, which is what they want, same as the control they have with Facebook, same as control they have with uh, YouTube owned by Google. Why would they sell it just like that to a free speech absolutist? And not only that, take him to court to make him buy it in the end. Why would they do that? And I think um, the alternative media has to be very, very careful that um, they don't... Uh, fail to see musk as an interloper who is seen as one of them because you know one of the things that this cult does this global cult secret societies i talk about it's very very um uh, uncomfortable with situations it can't call with outcomes it can't control and therefore what it does everywhere right across society is it wants to control both sides that's why we have one-party states all over the world, because they control the, what is called the right and they control what's called the left, and therefore whoever's in power, they're in power. It's all about controlling um, uh, who's who's for you and who's against you. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to be very careful that Musk is not being developed as some kind of alternative media hero um, to lead them to the edge of the cliff, um, and which I would strongly suggest that the whole Trump phenomenon is being used to do as well. Yeah, and I think you just pointed to the point, you know, we have to really see, really honestly see what is. And while at the same time we have to hold the vision for ourselves and and for humanity as a whole. And and I guess I guess this us, yeah, this probably is my next question. What do you see? What do I see in terms of when you hold your vision for yourself and for humanity as a whole, what do you see? Well, it's a, it's a it's a point of choice um, where people go on self-identifying with the five senses. In which case, this conspiracy will will reach its conclusion, certainly in their lives. Or you transform your self-identity and right, literally rise above it in terms of frequency, uh, because you know, I mean. It's a it's a big area, which, you know, uh, is a whole massive interview in itself. But this simulation doesn't end uh, just at the, 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 if you like, the 3D, five sense human world level. There are other levels to it, which people call the spirit world. And um, if you leave the body, your consciousness leaves the body, and you're still in ignorance of what's going on, as 
someone brilliantly once said, death is no cure for ignorance. Um, then you get caught in what's called the reincarnation cycle, which is a, which is a, a, a reincarnation cycle from the 3D level of the simulation into other levels of simulation and back again. Mm-hmm. People say you have to um, uh, go through reincarnation experiences, coming back into a world overwhelmingly uh, dominated by trauma, so that you can evolve to enlightenment. Um, so we have to keep coming back to a planet which, compared with the projected size of the universe, is the equivalent of a billionth of a pinhead, to learn lessons so that we have to stop coming back. I mean, I know that's a, a belief system that's very, very widely held, um, but I think it's nonsense, absolute nonsense, because the where it falls down is not that reincarnation is not real. I absolutely believe it is. It's that it's not this infinite awareness that's behind reincarnation. It's the simulation and that which is behind the simulation, which is a rather unpleasant, uh, distorted state of consciousness, which has been described by endless cultures and religions all the way uh, back through human history. Um, And, you know, if you leave the body not being aware of that level of it, which I go into in the trap in detail, then you'll get caught back into reincarnation uh, cycle. You'll get uh, caught in the idea that you have to keep coming back to learn lessons to reach enlightenment. Um, And uh, the idea is you never reach enlightenment. That's the whole point. You stay in the cycle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it's a a trap that that needs exposing uh, uh, big time because otherwise people just keep going through the cycle. Uh, And... uh, never get out of it and you know i i've done an enormous amount of research in the last few years of all this and um reincarnation is uh, is not a road to enlightenment it's a road to enslavement well wow, that's a really big way to end this interview i know that um chrissy if you're listening thank you that's um dave's uh, is that your personal assistant dave yeah, she's my yeah. Partner, yeah, she's given me an extra 10 minutes. So I just want to say thanks to, to Chrissy. But I, I just wanted to leave our audience with your final words of wisdom, whatever you choose to, I guess, to, to leave as, as your final words. And it's incredible. It's been an incredible opportunity to speak to you, David. I know we've had a few technical issues, as I'm sure many <laughs> wouldn't be surprised to hear with the type of content we've just discussed. But um, I'd like for you to um, impart some final words of wisdom on our audience and also just let them know where they can follow and support your work. Well, in the end, it comes back to who are we? Uh, And not only conceptually, who are we? But who are we in terms of the way we live and see and perceive and interact with everything? Um, The idea of the simulation trap is to hold people within the 3D world in a five-sense reality. Because the five senses are the way that we connect with the simulation or the matrix, if you want to call it that. Um, that, that that's how we attach to it, through the five senses. So the more that you completely self-identify with the five senses the more completely you are attaching to the simulation and the simulation will feed you your perceptions of reality and self 
But when you, you, you transform your self-identity, you, you see the trap. doesn't mean you can't enjoy and live your life, but you know the circumstances and the structure in which it's happening. This is a simulation. You are um, experiencing it, yes, but you don't have to be it. That's what it wants you to be. It wants you to be it. So it completely drives your every perception and therefore behavior. If you um, self-identify with being consciousness, being consciousness beyond the simulation, being that eternal, infinite um, expression of all that is, then you can observe the world, and to an extent you can interact with the world, but on your terms, not the simulation's terms. And the awakening, as people call it, is actually awakening from the five senses, from the domination of the five senses. So it dominates every perception and sense of reality that you have. That's the difference. And it, 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 like I say, it's an awakening process. But what's happened with the COVID years is there has been an awakening, a first stage of the awakening, to the point of understanding that the world you were told existed and who was in control of it and to what end is actually not how things are. And once that uh, first perception of, well, the world's not like I thought it was, starts to break the waters, if you like, then everything else becomes possible and you can move deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into this understanding until you literally let go of the balls and chains, perception balls and chains, that hold us in servitude. And that's why the awakening is ongoing thing and must not end only with Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. Great. Thank you so much, David, for your time and for all the incredible work that you've given us over the last, gosh, how many decades now? A few decades, hasn't it been, David? 33 years inside of my head. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I know that most people that are listening in our audience are definitely going to start um, researching far deeper than maybe they've gone before, thanks to um, some of the information that you've shared with us today. And just know that here sitting from where I am in Byron Bay, Australia, I'm cheering you on, David. I think you've been an incredible, um, you've stood through a lot of turbulence and you continue to speak your truth and and I and I hold that as my highest value so thank you thank you I love I love Byron Bay it's bloody hot there I remember but I love it yeah. <laughs> yes it's known as the anti-vaccine anti-5g capital of Australia oh, I like it <laughs> And there's good reason because people like myself and many that work with me have worked very hard to make that the the post that it is. So thank well, you, David. Point, you know, that's the point. You know, the alternative media uh, is responsible for an enormous number of lives that have been saved and health that has been protected from lifetime of destruction. And um, we get a lot of abuse, but the contribution that's being made by the alternative media in all its different forms to human awareness is absolutely uh, indescribable in its scale. 
Yes, absolutely. And the domino effects and the ripple effects are far beyond what we could probably even imagine. And uh, for that, I have, you know, that's where I I find I have a lot of um, reverence and awe and wonder for what's to come because I, in the midst of all this, we've still, you know, even when they're cornering us, we still find each other and we find ways to do incredible work towards a culture of health and freedom. And and I think that's the greatest, um, yeah, these are the greatest, I guess it's probably the most exciting time to be alive, to be quite frank, but um, we've got to take up, we've got to take the turbulence, you know, and uh, and I think we've got incredible resilience and you're, you're definitely a man that can speak to resilience more than many others. And um, we're going to appreciate you and let you go. And um, we can't wait to share this with our audiences. And we'll put the, heart, the the show notes for people to be able to find your website and follow Iconic and many of the other um, the, the other projects that you're working on and your books as well. So thanks, David. You say stay Bye-bye. well. Thank you. Bye. Bye. There you have it. Yes, technology does bring a sense of connection, but now you know there is another side behind the marketing curtain. So what can you do? Stay connected with us at wearenotsam.com. You can also find us on Instagram or Telegram at wearenotsam and subscribe to our channel. But most importantly, find your tribe and spread the word. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next episode of The We Know Show. Whilst the We Know Show presenters endeavour to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice. You should always seek the advice from a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the We Know Show podcasts.